podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. How are you guys doing? You know, sometimes I wish I could hear your answers to this. I wish we were just like all hanging out in a room together and we could actually talk about how you're doing. I have had an amazing week. This has been, you know, just how some weeks are like just very energetically charged. I think this week started off with a lot of tears and then that went away. And then there was just a lot of celebrations and gratitude and joy. And, you know, it's so fun being a coach. I mean, I love my own celebrations. Don't get me wrong. Like it's really fun to, you know, have your own ahas and breakthroughs and all of that sort of thing. But being a coach and like getting to hear all of my clients' huge ahas and breakthroughs is the best thing (laughs) ever. It's so much fun. Like this week, I got so many text messages about like, oh my God, I just had the best sex ever. And I just had sex with my husband again. And I we're connecting, you know, just all this stuff or just like really deep insights to why they've held themselves back or huge leaps and bounds in their business. And I don't know, it's just the best. Anyway, hope your week has been fairly decent as well. And I am super excited. This is the last installment of the three-part series, Elevating Your Sex Life, or just your life in general. And I've been having such a fun time doing these, like putting them in order and really thinking about the foundational skills and like what is really necessary to build the foundation of your life and your experience of it, including your sex life. And it just reminds me, I used to offer this like six week program called Befriending and Becoming. And I loved it because it followed the same or not the same, but a similar trajectory of just like building upon concepts, right? Like teaching and building concept by concept by concept. And I really love to do it. And it makes me think I might want to do something like this for all you all, like some kind of training or maybe a program. I don't know. But anyway, it is happening in my creative mind right now because of how much fun I have had doing this. And I've got a lot of amazing responses for it and how helpful it has been for you guys. So Glad to hear you're liking it and I'm loving doing it. So just a quick review before we jump into today's topic. So the first installment of these three part series that I did was just becoming the observer, right? So allowing yourself that ability to start noticing, to being the witness to your own mind, to being the scientist of what's happening in there, watching it, seeing it, not being like in it, not living the story, but pulling back and detaching it. And then last week, what we talked about was how our attention is captured all the time, right? By those things swirling around in our brain. And we get to bring in then the use of our prefrontal cortex to allow ourselves 
to see the type of thoughts or the type of thinking or belief that creates our mindset that is tending us towards something, that's inclining us towards a certain way, and then having the ability to see like, is that the way that I actually want to go? So like we talked about, like if you're you know, desired outcome is to have more of a delicious sex life, then there's going to be a number of things that are contributing to your mindset that's not inclining you to a more delicious sex life. So seeing those and then purposely redirecting your attention, capturing your attention back and allowing it to rest on the type of thoughts that will get you that more delicious sex life, right? And then this week, what we're talking about is becoming embodied. So the other two things happen very much in the mind, the observing, and you can also observe, don't get me wrong, you can observe. And the first part observing is something we're going to be also talking about in this one. And the second part, capturing your attention. And then this last part is to how to become embodied, how to start experiencing what is a what it's like to be a human in this human form and opening up to sensations. So embodied, I was introduced to this word just from my mindfulness and yoga community, but supposedly (laughs) what I mean by it is not actually the definition turns out. So I wanted to share the real definition because I still find that it's somewhat helpful, right? Where it's just integrating it into the whole which I love to think about that when I think about becoming embodied as far as integrating the senses into the whole. So maybe that's like, you know, not the definition they meant it by, but it's a definition that I do think still adds to the conversation here. But what I mean when I'm talking about becoming embodied for this podcast is it means residing in the body with awakened attention. That is that you're regularly bringing awareness to the sensations of your body, including sensations created by external stimuli, such as touch, smell, taste, whatever, and other things that are already present in your body, like hunger maybe, or anything that's happening internally in your body, but also your emotions, your mood, your energy level. This is all bringing an awareness and paying attention to all of this, and that's becoming embodied. Now, what is interesting is that most humans are not actually residing in their body on the regular No, it's crazy, but we spend most of our attention just kind of caught up in our head and operating on default, like the automatic pilot, and not really present for what we're experiencing and what we're sensing at any given moment in any time. And as I mentioned on the first part of this series, like the mindfulness aspect, there's so many different things that we can become mindful of because mindfulness by definition is just like bringing a non-judgmental awareness to what's occurring in the moment. So you can become mindful of something external. You can become mindful of what's going on in your brain. You can become mindful of what's happening in your body. So mindfulness definitely can be a part of this. Again, mindfulness can have so many different aspects, but we're really focusing on the body here. And we really, as a species, don't really spend that much time in our bodies. It surprised me when I first started doing this work and I started, you know, taking on clients and one-on-one, how many people 
were not able to just feel very simple parts of their body. And I didn't realize that this is a skill, that it's a learned skill, that there's people that can actually follow. (laughs) This is the thing. (laughs) I'm pretty, like, I've heard that this is a true thing. This is really, really real. But of course, my mind, being a skeptic mind, is like, are you for real? I don't really believe that. But there's some people that can actually, like, trace the sensation of the blood flowing in their body and like follow it as it moves like from you know the oxygenated part through the rest of their body and then back in to get reoxygenated so you can go very very deep with this practice just being able to pick up on the sensation of your heart beating right or these sorts of things. Like there's a wide range. And then there's other parts of our body that you might not be able to feel at all, or you might not really be able to feel much of your body on demand at all. So again, remember paying attention is paying attention on purpose. So for sure, I can feel like the itch of my mosquito bite, but I'm not trying to do that on purpose. My attention has been captured. So becoming embodied is also not just noticing sensation, but noticing sensation on purpose. You're intentionally showing up to see what's going on. Now, again, there's levels, like I said. So you can feel a wide range of things. And then you might notice as you're feeling these things that certain areas seem to be harder for you to access. And one of the places that is hard for many women to access is their vulva, is their vagina, is like their entire area down there is a little bit harder to access, which makes sense why it might not be offering you the most pleasurable sex life. So this is one of the reasons this is such a foundational skill for elevating your sex life. Because obviously, the ability to be in your body, to open the body to sensation and awareness allows you to open up to more pleasure. And it allows you to increase the skill of being embodied. You will also increase your ability to experience more pleasure during sex. Now, regardless of where you are on the scale right now or where you think you are, we can always improve this skill more. We can always notice more subtleties in between, right? So even if you're like, oh, I can totally feel that's not a problem, keep listening because this really is going to offer you whether you're a novice or you're very advanced, there's always room that we can even get better. That's why it's so fun going after your pleasure potential because there's always more that we can awaken to, become aware of, and then eventually just get taken away by So before we go any further, I want to pause for a moment and just get a little bit nerdy with you guys. Now, I haven't done this much lately because to be honest, I got some feedback at the beginning that the first few episodes were a little bit too nerdy. They were a little bit too (laughs) about the brain, but you know what? Fuck it. This is who I am. I love the brain and I want you to really understand why this work is so damn good and so important in your life. And you know what? This is my podcast and it's my pleasure to talk about the brain. So I promise I won't bore you guys, but I do want to pause and talk a little bit about the brain because 
It's really fascinating. So anyway, what we're doing when we're tuning into the body is what's called interoception. And interoception is just defined as like your ability to be able to feel what's going on inside of your body. It's almost like a, you know, an, an additional sense of the internal state of the body. And the main part of the brain involved in interoception is called the insula, which is located just like inside the temporal lobes. Not really important, but again, nerd. Um, so now the insula is being considered a much bigger deal in the scientific community than it was at one point. So there's so much more research showing how at the depth of the involvement of this part of our brain, it's involved in emotional processing, love, learning, conscious awareness, like all of it, the insula has a little bit of a play into, which makes sense because most all of these things, especially the emotional processing, the learning, all of these sorts of things are conscious awareness, have a physical response in the body. So if we are tuning more into it, if this is the part of the brain that allows for interoception to happen, then we're activating the insula, right? But what I love about this and the whole reason that this is relevant to you guys is because the more we practice awakening to the body, to experiencing sensation on a whole, and is then we more we're practicing the interoception, then what happens is we actually increase the gray matter in this structure of our brain, right? So again, the gray matter is like extra, it's basically just like extra neurons, right? So it makes it more efficient. It makes it more activated and the ability then to navigate sensations in the body more, including navigating emotional processing, navigating learning, navigating loving, navigating our conscious awareness. All of this is elevated the more capacity we have to do it right? Which is by using it. By using it, we increase our capacity to do it because we're increasing the amount of cells that are able to do this action. And what it does is it gives you more in, like agency over your emotional intelligence. And not only that, but it's also going to create the ability to access more sensation, including more pleasurable sensation and therefore more mind-blowing sex. Okay. That's why I like to get nerdy. So you really, really get what we're talking about here. Okay. So you have a part of the brain. The part of the brain allows you to tap into sensation in your body. The more you practice tapping into sensation in your body, the more you increase this particular structure in the brain. The larger the structure is in the brain, the more it's going to tap into sensation for you. Therefore, you're going to have more sensation. Therefore, you're going to have more pleasurable sensation. Therefore, you will have more pleasurable, mind-blowing sex. Amazing, right? Now, I have a number of clients that come and say, yeah, but I don't really think I have ever really felt that. Like what I hear other women explaining, like their kinds of orgasms or their kind of like delicious toe curling, like, mm, give me some more kind of sex, right? And this, my friends, is the key to understanding what's going on here. Your nerve endings in your pussy are all there. We have the wiring in our bodies. All of us do. And a lot of them like we will bring us immense amount of pleasure, but we can't feel this pleasure without 
that part of our brain without the insula. And the good news is here, folks, is again, neuroplasticity. We can increase the neural connections. We can increase our ability to become more aware, to become more woke to the pleasure in our body. It's a practice that can be developed over time. You can literally change the structure of your brain to increase your ability to tap into your pussy. What? I know. I know. I told you this shit was cool. You guys didn't believe me. You just thought it was all nerdy, but it's really, really amazing. So practicing feeling and experiencing and waking up to what is going on your body is essential. This is why it's a foundational skill to work on in order to elevate your sex life. (sighs) Okay. It's getting really worked up there. You guys, I just love talking about the brain. I could nerd out. So If any of you guys just want to come over for tea sometimes and we can just really nerd out so I don't bore the rest of you, just let me know. Okay. So as I mentioned before, most of us don't really inhabit our bodies often. And honestly, it isn't your fault. Like blame it on your brain of yours, whatever. Oftentimes being in the body is uncomfortable. I'm not really talking about physical pain, though that is painful too, but emotionally, right? Like the brain freaks out when there is pain and when there is emotional pain and discomfort, the brain wants to avoid it. The brain wants to avoid all pain. And we also learn by avoiding it, by distracting ourselves with outside things that we can get more like reward, right? This is why the brain is going to turn things like TV and food and drugs and alcohol and social media and blah, blah, blah. It wants to buffer. We want to avoid pain and turn towards pleasure, This is more false pleasure, not the pleasure I'm normally talking about, right? There's more reward if we don't go and let ourselves feel the feels, feel the things. And when we don't feel often, when we don't feel because we're not bringing into our conscious awareness that we're actually buffering all the time, then we become more and more dissociated from our bodies. And this happens with every single person because the brain wants to be in a place that's more comfortable. And oftentimes the body and the emotions that we experience as a human isn't very cozy. And this is especially true if you've experienced trauma at a young age, whether this was just witnessing your parents arguing or being bullied, but it's also more to the more extreme trauma too, like physical abuse, uh, sexual abuse, things like that. The brain kind of pulls away from the body to protect you because it becomes this very unsafe place. So it goes somewhere else. It doesn't want to be in the body. So our brain is working really hard to protect us. So it just retreats. It retreats back into the head, into imagination, into these other places that feel safe. So it's avoiding the body. So this often happens when you're younger or when we're facing trauma. And even again, when you're not facing trauma, it happens to pretty much everybody where we begin at some point to disassociate from feeling what's going on in our body just because even things like embarrassment, jealousy, anger are very uncomfortable that the body would rather retreat or excuse me, the brain would rather retreat away from the body and go into the head or buffer so it doesn't feel that uncomfortable emotion. And that doesn't serve us as we get older, right? This doesn't really serve most all of us now that we are safe, that we're generally okay. 
And so what we have to do is we have to retrain the brain to inhabit the body because it makes sense. Like it seems like a really good idea, like avoid the pain and then bring something from the outside world to like give me a hit of dopamine to make me feel less uncomfortable. Brilliant. But this is actually a false way to go about it because there's no filter to decide between the feel good and the feel like shit. So what happens is that on a level below our conscious awareness, we begin to stop feeling. We stop, we avoid emotions. We stop being in our body to avoid the negative and the uncomfortable sensations. But in turn, we also turn off all the feel good, delicious stuff. And you might be thinking, yeah, but I feel this kind of stuff, but it's the level at which we're able to feel it. Now, the practice is learning how to inhabit our bodies and allow discomfort in the body. It's learning how to befriend these sensations without resisting them. And again, this is an automatic resistance. We have to notice when it's going on. We have to see the resistance coming up. And then we have to lean in. We have to befriend. And then we become embodied. And as we begin to do this more and more, we get to live inside of this beautiful earth suit of ours and receive all of its yummy sensation as well. Because the thing is, again, if you cut yourself off from feeling the bad stuff, you're also limiting your ability to feel truly good. And this doesn't just mean cutting yourself off from pleasure. There are a number of other emotions that we distill down because of this. They all become kind of less than. So sadness might not feel as intense, but your happiness doesn't feel as intense either. It doesn't sit there and linger and last and feel as joyous as it could be. Think of like Dorothy Gale in Kansas, right? And all the black and white. And then she opens the door and she sees Oz for the first time. We are talking about technicolor here, folks, a technicolor life right? Where things are more vibrant, they're more rich, they're more enjoyable. Now, this may hit home for some of you. I remember when I was going through a particularly dark time in my life and my body was just riddled with physical pain and emotional pain. And even when something exciting or joyful happened in my life, it's almost like I couldn't really access that feeling as much in my body. I understood it cognitively. I was like, this is amazing. This is so great. And like the gratitude was there, but like I didn't really feel it, if that makes sense. It wasn't like pulsing through me. It didn't like sweep me over like so much joy and happiness. So learning how to befriend sensation, all sensation is going to give you the ability to really truly access the full range of your emotions. You might not even know like the extreme ecstasy that waits you, right? If you fully begin to immerse yourself in this work. So I'm going to teach you how to mindfully attend to your body, including your emotions, and then start to reassociate with your body in a way that you feel supported. And I just want you to know that this is just one podcast episode. I'm going to do my best here to cover everything that I'm talking about, but I've I've spent years 
just in mind-body stuff and the subtleties of sensation as well as the last decade practicing this work. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but you start now. Or even if you have had more experience, what I'm offering will take your practice to another level if you continue to practice and implement it. Because remember, again, gray matter in the insula. So this is just scratching the surface of this work. And remember too, knowledge does not equal transformation. Application does. You guys can listen to all of these podcasts. You're going to get a wealth of knowledge, ton of it, right? Which is really, really great, but it doesn't. Information does not equal transformation. You have to begin to apply it in your life. You have to take what I've been talking about here and actually putting it into practice in your experiences, And the cool thing is, is that even though this might be just scratching the surface, if you truly take what I talk about here and go and do it, you're going to start getting results right away. Like you can start tuning into sensations right now and you can start practicing on this on your own, being able to process emotions and wake up parts of your body. And you're going to start to experience more of the ecstasy that's just sitting there waiting for you to tap into it. Okay. Let's get into it. How you want to start is just to ask your brain, what am I noticing in my body? Seems pretty simple, right? I like to actually start my clients with one particular area of the body. And one practice you can do to get started is to close your eyes. Not right now if you're driving, obvi. But when you have a chance, close your eyes Hold out your hand in such a way that it's not touching anything. I like to do palm up. I like to make sure that my fingers are relaxed, but my fingers aren't touching one another, okay? So once you have your hand there, you're closing your eyes, you're holding your hand out, then you ask yourself, how do I know that my hand exists? And then you're just quiet and you let your brain come up with answers. You can also ask things like, what's here? What do I notice? And you can continue to practice just allowing yourself to feel your hand. Now, it might sound silly. It might sound very simple. But what you'll notice over time as you keep doing this, how much sensation you can actually tune into. Even if you've never done this before, I guarantee you when you go home and you try it, you're going to be like, whoa, what's going on in my hand? (laughs) This is amazing. I had no idea. You guys, this is going on in like most of your body. If you just are still for a moment and close your eyes and breathe and tap into it. And if this could occur in your hand, can you imagine what's going on down there? So fun. So exciting. Okay. So I also like to continue practice by doing things like body scans. So you can start at your toes when you're laying in your bed, you can work your way up and you're just kind of stopping on each little area and like, what's here? What do I notice? What sensations can I pick up on? What part of this body do I, do I have awareness in and what parts might feel kind of numb? And we're not getting hung up on them, right? It's not like, I mean, there's certain parts of my legs that I can never really access. No biggie. You're just noticing you can't really access it with your mind. Not a big deal. We're just continuously practicing it. We're still practicing tapping in. Now, as you become more aware of the sensations in your body, 
what generally happens is you're going to notice discomfort like right away. The mind's going to pick up on this stuff, an ache in the back, an itch, tension, a sense of anxiety, whatever it is. And the reason is, is because your body is scanning for problems. It's like, oh, something's going on here. And you notices this quote unquote pain and thinks that it might be a threat or it might need to be tended to or taken care of. And what might often happen is once it notices this and it starts to have a freak out, it's going to dissociate. Like it wants to run away and analyze it. And why is this ache here? How long has it been here? Do I need to Google it? I probably have a tumor, all of the things. And I just want you to know that this is (laughs) probably going to happen, especially if you don't do this often. And note that maybe these things have been there forever. You just have never paid attention to it. So notice your brain is going to want to flee. And I encourage you to bravely and courageously go back and stay with it. Don't let yourself get distracted by the running rampant thing of your mind. This is like one of the runaway buses if you're thinking about last last episode, right? So it's going to want to think about it. It's going to want to analyze the discomfort. It's going to want to wonder how long it will be there, how long it's going to stay, what does it mean? And again, your practice is just to come back and notice, just to notice what does it feel like? How much of my body is it taking up? Is it moving around my body? And also please note that on very rare occasions, going in, closing your eyes, scanning your body can be triggering for some. And so if it if you do go in and you do close your eyes and you notice that you're getting a lot of anxiety and you feel rather triggered, then just open your eyes, take a deep breath, look around the room, ground yourself in the room. Remember, everything is okay. I'm safe right now. I see that the color of the wall is blue. I see that my water bottle is right in front of me. Whatever it takes to get you back into this moment. And then what I would recommend is not to not do this work anymore more, but perhaps you want to do it with a professional, like a coach or a therapist or a counselor or something like that. So we really want to continue to work on leaning in and not pushing it away, but just to bravely and courageously stay with whatever sensation we start to notice. Now, for most of us, if you haven't done this, your mind, like I said before, is still going to freak out. Like, this is nuts. This is so uncomfortable. Where do I go? Get me out of here, right? Like, this is really intense, whatever it may be. And I've been there more times than I can count. And and it's okay. Like, at the end of the day, it's okay. Just notice the freaking out. Like, notice the aversion and then come back to sensation. You can even choose to label what you notice as sensation, or discomfort, or something like that. This will help your mind not get so wrapped up in the story of what your body is experiencing, but allowing you to be present and observe the experience. So you label it, you stay with it, and you realize it isn't usually as bad as your mind is making it out to be, right? The resistance part is always so much worse than the actual sensation. So we cultivate this ability to be with the sensations in the body without getting caught up in all the drama about it, which helps us come back online through like the social engagement part of our nervous system. Sorry, I was getting nerdy. Just pretend that 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 sentence never happened. (laughs) So I do this 
over time as well. So like with my clients, I slowly and carefully bring attention to certain parts of the body and then inviting parts of the body like piece by piece into full awareness and awakening to sensation and the possibility of pleasure. Which leads me to my next point about all of this. As you become more aware of sensation, you will usually notice some uncomfortable sensation, like I said, that traverse through the body, right? But then with the discretion of your mind, you can start to be curious about where the discomfort is not. Maybe where things just feel rather neutral. And perhaps beyond neutrality, you start to find the parts of your body that feel pleasurable. Like, what feels good here? What feels pleasurable? What's lighting me up? What's tingly? So you're training your mind to notice all of it. And as you do, you will notice that some of these things feel super amazing and other things not so much. And it's all okay. It's just part of who you are. But as you get better and better and better at this skill, you're going to learn how you can zone in and focus on particular sensations. For example, the sensation of your pussy being lit the fuck up. Now that's a yummy one to hang out with for a while. Am I right? Yes, I am right. Okay, so being able to be in your body and notice sensation is also how we manage our emotions. So the way that you manage emotions, and I'm not going to get all into emotional management and emotional intelligence talk right now, but I think it's worth mentioning because obviously emotions have a huge role in our ability to have an amazing sex life. And the main thing to keep in mind here is that emotions have a physical element to them. When you're sad, you feel it in your body. When you're happy, you feel it in your body. There are sensations that are indicative of these particular emotions. So you can use the same process of becoming embodied to meet them, to get curious, to notice what they are like, to notice what they feel like. And that gives them space to exist without judgment. And as you get more practice, increase your ability to inhabit your body, you will notice how wonderful it is to be present in it. How much more delicious and rich of an experience your life becomes. Your sex life and like your life life. And it doesn't mean it's just all pleasurable, right? There will be some emotions that are uncomfortable, some sensations that are uncomfortable, but it adds to the richness of your life. Uncomfortable sensations does not mean bad. It doesn't mean negative. To me, it means richer. And you will be able to become more courageous because you won't be so afraid of those uncomfortable emotions that may come up. You will wake your body up to the good in your life. And as you awaken more to this, you in turn also build up a natural resilience in your brain. That's going to carry you through moments that can be more challenging. So the more that you prime your brain to drop in, to drop your mind into your body, and conversely, your body and the sensations in your body are filling your mind, you become more courageous, you become more compassionate, you become more resilient because you're able to stick around for life. You're able to experience it. 
and really letting in this experience of being human and truly letting those amazing parts, like moments of gratitude and celebration and really like seep down into you will integrate into you for like healing and wholeness. And it's such an amazing journey. The beautiful transition of this foundational skill is that also the more you're practicing with it, the more you can be curious and notice what's happening in your body. And then the next step is you surrender yourself to the experience. During sex in particular, there is this moment where you are helping yourself guide yourself to your body sensations, right? You're noticing, you're bringing a playful curiosity, you're noticing what lights you up, what you love, and then you give yourself over. It's like letting the experience have you and letting pleasure inhabit you. Mmm, so, so good. Okay, so here are the top three things that I would recommend practicing right away to help you build this foundational skill. Number one, close your eyes. Like I mentioned before, and just inhabit your hand. Practice this as much as you can. At least once a day, it only takes like, I don't know, one minute. It's not that long. And you can stick with it as long as you want. I like to actually do this practice for a few minutes because of all of the sensation that I get to pick up on and the subtleties in my hand that I never knew were there before. You can also practice body scans where you're purposefully and methodically incorporating more and more parts of your body into your awareness. Again, it's bringing a curiosity there. What's here? What do I notice? What sensations are pregnant? Pregnant? (laughs) Whoops. Present. And no, I'm not pregnant. That was just a real actual trip on the tongue. And then number three is we're really kind of incorporating all three of these skills. And what I recommend here is for you to set a timer throughout the day and ask yourself, what am I thinking? This is your observer. This is the witnessing. Number two, where has my attention be captured? What am I feeling? What emotion can I identify? And then where do I notice it in the body? Really, after you have identified what you're thinking, where your attention attention has been captured, what you're feeling, then you usher your awareness into your body and you notice what's in your body. This will help you develop the skill over time and be more present more often and for more moments throughout your day. And the more you practice slipping into your body with awareness, the better you're going to get and the more access you're going to be granted to to tap into more pleasurable sensations, to tap into more of those lit up type experiences. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure being here with you guys, and I have absolutely loved offering you guys this three installment series about building the foundational skills to elevate your sex life, your business, and your overall existence on this planet. I hope that what you've learned today will help guide you to becoming more embodied bit by bit by bit so that you can experience all the pleasure your body has to offer you. Because you guys, I promise you there's a lot in there and it just wants to come out. If you're loving this podcast and what you're learning here and you're ready to take all of this stuff and go deeper in an intimate relationship with me, then you should reach out. I've only got a couple spots left in my one-on-one coaching. I'm currently right now, by the time 
time this podcast is released, I've gone through a number of consultation calls right now. This is a free call. We just hop on the phone. We chat about where you're at, where you're wanting to go with sex and success. And we're just seeing if we're a good fit for each other. And if we are, then we go ahead and we talk about what that relationship would look like. And if not, you're still going to walk away with a ton of pointers about how you can move forward with your particular situation. So go ahead, look me up, sign up for one of those calls, daniellesavory.com, and hope you guys have a wonderful and lovely day. Thank you.